Box Podcast, the weekly pseudo-academic roundtable of pop culture analysis with drinking and swearing. My name is Christopher Maverick, but you can call me Mav, and I am once again here with my co-host, Wayne and Hannah. How's it going, guys? Great. Hey, guys. Mav. Guys, you what's know up? what's happening right now? Um, n- no, time stopped like nine months ago. I have no idea what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> this is our last podcast before the election takes place. So this is oh, like yes. our last moment where we can truly be hopeful. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but th- this that is just, it. That just sounded more dire than I think you meant it to be. I mean, you're, I think you're hoping we can be hopeful next week. <laughs> I don't know. This is, this is, I mean, like this is, this is like our moment. This is like the eye of the storm. Oh, okay. I don't know. Oh. Like, yeah, I don't know. We, so, we, we, so <laughs> our moment of hope. I, so, like, so, oh, if, God, so if now we're I'm, not on, if we're not on next week, you will know what happened. <laughs> the heat death of the universe is what happened, <laughs> which is, which it's 2020. I'm not ruling that out. It's yeah, not. It could, yeah. Could be there, yep. And now, oh God, see, there's no, you just killed any possibility for Snappy Patter to start the show with. <laughs> um, like, that, that's I me. Know. I yeah. kill the well, mood. I will, I'm great at parties. Okay. It is the last episode. It, it, I guess the way this show drops, assuming you're in America, that means for the listener, it's Monday and election day is tomorrow. Yeah. So go vote. Go vote. Uh, yeah. God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Go vote. go vote, please. All right. So on that cheery note, Wayne, what are we doing today? <laughs> well, I, I, I think it's appropriate because uh, we're talking. We, we've been talking with genre and horror. You know, it's Halloween month and all that stuff. So we've had a, a spate of episodes dealing with that. And a, a longtime listener and, and longtime friend of mine in a I have probably Facebook conversation months ago. I think he he made a suggestion and I liked it. Um, and it just and then I was lazy and never wrote up a call for comments for months on end. Um, but it's the idea of you know, last week we talked about horror movies and 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 what makes a horror movie and, and what the genre is and the difference between that suspense and, and whatever. And there's this whole other realm of, of movies that, that he suggested um, movies. The example he gave was deliverance. Like, is that a horror movie? Because we have characters being stalked and and terrorized. And it's not something we typically think of as a horror film. Yes, it is. So that's the end of the show. Thanks for joining us. We'll see yeah, you okay. next week. Yeah, well, and, 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 and that one in particular has certainly been, you know, it, it has been qualified in that category. But I, I think there's a lot of other things that, that are like that. Um, so we want to talk about the horror of reality is, is what we call the episode, which given this is the day before the election might be very appropriate. Um, so our, our first guest is my friend, Ted, who suggested the, the, the thing. Uh, welcome to the show, Ted. Hi. Hi, guys. Hey, how's it? Nice to meet you. Yeah, I've known yeah. Ted for 20 plus years. Uh, we we share hobbies of yeah. <laughs> we we share hobbies of uh, comics. I think is probably where I first met you. But then there's also the local music scene. Ted Ted's been in a, a ton of local bands and currently working in uh, movie TV production stuff. So tell us all about yourself, Ted. I don't even know where to start. Yeah, I, start, <laughs> I think I've been just about everything I can be. Uh, I've been a uh, designer slash art director for many, 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 many years. I was in a couple of metal bands and got signed to records, uh, Dream Death and, and Eviction. Um, uh, then I retired from that and became a father for, I mean, well, I still a father, but you know. <laughs> for two years, then I gave it up. <laughs> yeah, then, uh, you know, I dabbled in mountain climbing for a couple of years and then um, I got a call to be an extra on a TV show filming in Pittsburgh about six years ago. 
and I had nothing else to do that summer because I was freelance. So I was graphic design where I was freelancing. So I was like, yeah, what the hell? Sure. Sounds like something to do. And walked onto the set and and absolutely fell head over heels in love with the whole thing. I know I've always loved movies. I'm, you know, I love movies. I love TV. Um, always been fascinated by everything. Um, but I never had any interest in being in the creative side of it. Uh, my one man Pilsner, we, we you know we donated a couple songs. It was uh, an indie movie, like a, a Tarantino knockoff kind of director up in Boston. Um, that's like the closest I came to it. I had a friend that's an assistant director. I had a friend that was in props, but really, I never had any interest. And I actually did. I was an extra on the on Dark Knight's shot in Pittsburgh, just because in one scene in the stadium, just because I'm a huge Batman fan. So I was like, okay, this is my only chance I'll ever have to get in a Batman movie. Sure, yeah, I'll do that. Ted and I sat together in the stadium when Bane blew it up, and uh, I've and, and and there's a couple of stills. If you pause the film just right, there's like two or three pixels that we're pretty sure are us. Uh, and I, I I have a photo of that, and I'm going to share it. We'll we'll put it in the show notes so as soon as I can find it here. Remember, we were supposed to wear um, black and gold, and I and I don't like the Steelers, so I wasn't going to wear black and gold. <laughs> Oh. And, and this was like jacket. You know? and this was like the hottest, most humid day in oh, August no. possible, and and we were I filming a, a a winter scene. Yeah. So. <laughs> and I had, you know, I had, I had my oldest daughter with me too, and and that was it, though. I mean, I you know that was it. I never thought anything more about it again. And then you know, skip ahead a couple more years, and I spent being this extra. And then at the end of the episode or at the end of the series, I I got a SAG card. I did some stunt work, and then it just really led into it. Just led into a whole new world that I never had before. Ah, uh, yeah, there we are. Ah. <laughs> uh, I never had, you know, I was like, oh, maybe I can do this. And then I spent some time on Gotham and um, uh, I, I did an episode of Daredevil, you know, typically because of the way I look, I play uh, thugs, <laughs> tough guys, junkies, uh, bikers, brawlers. Um, you know, I'm a real sweetheart. But that's what I <laughs> Uh, the the TV show that was filming here in town, just for the the record, was The Outsiders, which ran what two seasons? Two seasons, and, uh, yeah, two seasons. We got yeah, and, and I think my favorite scene in it was there was a party going on out in the woods, and you were playing a a washtub bass, which cracked me up because you're a bass player in metal bands, and I just yeah. uh, the that I thought was great. Yeah, that's exactly. What you know, I was supposed to be this real tough guy on the show, but they're like, "But you're also going to be this musician for our 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 mountain band." I'm like, "All right, whatever." <laughs> so everybody in that band really played instruments. That was the really funny thing. They they wanted that's really neat. Yeah, so everybody was like, you know, so um, yeah, it was it was great, you know, and that's a, that's a very uh, that's a very iconic picture, I should say, you know, it's like I, I see that all, people keep sharing that with me, but th- yeah, we we got canceled four weeks before we were supposed to start shooting season three, and so um, I just kept going from there. I was like, well, you know, I don't have to, I don't want to go back to my old life at the art studio and talk to the art director. Um, so I was like, I can do this, and so far for. S- Going on six years seems to be doing all right. You know, I mean, I worked on Wonder right. Woman, Bad Boys Three, multitude of TV shows. Uh, I'm, with the exception of my kids being born, I'm probably leading my best life right now. I really, I'm, I don't think I've ever been this happy in a long time. So, you know, very cool, nice, kind of cool because it brought me back. It really brought me back to movies. You know, something I took for granted. That we've always had our entire lives. You know, I, I I watch older movies now that I pre I overly appreciate. 
more than I ever did in the past, which I really enjoyed. I'm going to steal your segue here because, you know, speaking of taking something yeah. for granted, we have Michael Chemers back again, too. You know? <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice segue. Just nice segue, Mav. Hey, my, oh, my God. The, 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 the truth is, is two weeks in a row, he just never left. We just muted just, his mic and kept going. Yeah. yeah. I've been here since 1986. I can't get out of this room. I can't figure out how to leave. So you're saying that you've been here longer than I've been alive? Yes. 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 Uh, why, why would you do that? Thanks for bringing that up. That's great. Because because she's a she's a, last a wee party, little child. Yeah. <laughs> so so anyway, our our topic. Um, what's up with that? Wait, you're not going to introduce me? Like you're not going to tell people who um, I am and what I do? You were here or, last week. <laughs> who are you, Mike? Okay. <laughs> If you want to know who I am, just listen to last week's show when I got a nice introduction. <laughs> He's here to talk about Noel Carroll with me. Woo. <laughs> okay, you are, you are a, a professor of dramaturgy at uh, UC Santa Cruz. UC Santa Cruz. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's true that my life compared to Ted's is really boring. I've just been a professor for the past like twenty years. <laughs> But okay. anyway, so this is this is a weird one for me because I actually don't know much in this space. I, as as was discussed, you know, briefly on last week's show about horror. I'm I'm not well, actually, I'm not sure because I'm I'm not a big horror movie buff. I I like some of them. Um, I'll probably like more of the ones that we mentioned today than I do of what people classically consider mm-hmm. horror. I think Deliverance is a great movie. Um, I think it's awesome. But you know, so so I'm I'm yeah. curious as to see where this conversation is going to go. Yeah, I I watched that again this summer after after Ted mentioned it, and I hadn't seen it in years. I I remember seeing that movie on you know ABC's Movie of the Week when I was you know twelve or thirteen years old, and and I wonder what I saw because you know with editing and that sort of thing, boy, there's a lot of that movie that they couldn't have shown on TV. No, there's, and I think there's even a lot if, that they couldn't show. Yeah, and and I think you know, at at that age, a lot of it would have gotten over my head anyway. But I I do really wonder what what that cut looked like because you know there there's uh you know I'm sure that the like a lot of movies of the week they did alternate cuts you'll you'll see scenes yeah. in, in stuff that was shown for TV that never makes it to DVD mm-hmm. like, yeah you know there's a whole su- like not to not to get off subject but if the movie Car Wash is what always reminds me oh, of, there's yes. a whole sub plot that's on the TV version that doesn't exist on the yeah. DVD and Blu-ray. Yeah, they shot uh, it. Yeah, and it wasn't in the theatrical cut. Yeah, Car Wash has an entire separate story that is only on the uh, TV yeah. cut. Yeah, I never knew that. Yeah, the mm-hmm. other one that, that crosses my mind with that is I remember seeing Cabaret on TV as a kid, and I'm assuming all I saw was the musical numbers. Because yeah. the rest of that movie is yeah, homosexuality right. and abortion. So yeah, it, it had to have been just you know, an hour and a half of, of dancing and singing, and that was it. Uh, but, but anyway, but I, in, in watching again, it did it did strike me. I mean, that a lot of the hallmarks of the horror film is there, but it's not something I ever thought of in that way. That final scene, I, I've been reading some stuff online since watching it again. And, and since we talked about this episode, that final scene where John Voight wakes up and, and you know, he has the nightmare and we see the hand rising out of the water. Like that's kind of classic horror imagery. Uh, one of the articles I wrote made a point saying that was like the first time that image appeared, that type of image, which I have a tough time believing and he didn't cite any sources. So take that for what you will. But, I mean, that, that's sort of a classic horror scene that, you know, the dead hand rising and coming back. Now in this, it was a dream, not a reality, but 
that the movie closing with that sense of unease and uncertainty uh, and horror for what they had done uh, for, for John Voight, I think certainly qualifies the movie. But prior to that, you know, they're being stalked through the woods, you know, they're, they're being chased and, um, and that's sort of a classic horror trope. I mean, that's that idea of the, what the most dangerous game they are being hunted, which. Yeah. And, you know, and it's, you know, the same thing with John Voight, when he goes to take the shot, you know, um, at the, the, you know, towards the, towards the end there, he takes a shot at the man with the rifle. You know, he, he has the same reaction when he tried to shoot the deer earlier. He's really shaking, you know, and I mean, that happens in horror movies where, you know, you go to, you go to kill your, you know, the, the, uh, the bad guy or the killer or whatever, and you can't do it. For whatever reason, you know, the guy just wreaked havoc on all your friends, but yet you're still holding back because you, you know, you, you, you can't do it. It's that, it's that uh, uh, that, that you can't unbalance your 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 core being to, to be that, uh, that, that that aggressive or anything. He can't do it, you know. And it backfires on him. He falls on his arrow. Ultimately, he does shoot him. But you know, mm-hmm. I heard the same thing about the hand coming up too. You know that 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 they do point that deliverance as being the first time that that was used. You know where the ending is happened. The ending happened. Oh, big sigh of relief. He comes home, and then boom, you get hit. Same thing with Carrie. Big sigh of relief. You know, hand comes up. End of story. And and that, I guess that's what we're talking about is you what you know, the, the things that qualify as horror. I mean, so much of that people automatically think of slasher you know, monsters and the supernatural and the slasher movies and whatnot. But you know, there's this whole other you know, Stephen King is is known as a horror author, but Cujo is just a big dog. Yeah. Receives a car. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um so I, I guess I I guess what I'm looking for here is is you know, what what other movies are there? What not just movies, books, you know, TV, whatever that kind of fall in that category of things that we don't normally think of. This probably won't be shown during Halloween on AMC's Horror Month. You know what what kind of stuff fits in that category? Mm-hmm. I I do think that you know something like Silence of the Lambs could qualify. Like I think more people think of it as, as a thriller, as a crime movie. Um, but it's actually I. I go on about my ambivalence toward what we call horror because a lot of horror movies don't scare me. But Silence of the Lambs is really scary because you can imagine it to be real because it has like a valence of reality about it. I mean, like in in some ways, slasher movies um, have a bit of a valence of reality to it because like I I get it. Like Mike Myers is the literal boogeyman and he doesn't seem to ever die. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, you know, technically someone could be stalking you staring at you creeping mm. upon you like we're we're like that is technically true and like it doesn't happen like you know we pay attention to these things in the news when they happen because it's unusual and the whole it bleeds it leads thing but you know sometimes like people are kidnapped there are serial killers i mean they're, mm. they are not well, I, in the way that they actually are uh usually in fiction but you know well, like they're, they're, it could happen and well, like Michael, you know, the devil yeah. And Michael Myers and Jason you, in the first movies of those franchises were just dudes. You know, they weren't supernatural beings. Yeah, that happens uh, later. Yeah, that, that's something that happens later as, as they need to up the ante on that. But you know, for my money, the early ones are are more frightening and more real. I mean, yeah, a lot of the the horror films, like I, I find things like Chucky, that sort of thing, just laughable. You know, that stuff doesn't scare me. I just find it kind of ridiculous. That takes us back to last week's discussion about how the things that that make us horrified and the things that make us laugh are actually really similar. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I find the lambs I find genuinely, genuinely disturbing. Uh, we mentioned Midsummer last week as well. And same thing, like that's you know, not a classic horror film, but maybe it is. <laughs> you know? 
Well, I think, you know, what you're talking about is the presence of the supernatural, right? And uh, monsters or things like that. And we can say, well, Hannibal Lecter is a monster. And there, we could make an argument about that, which I don't know if Hannibal Lecter is or isn't a monster, but I think it would be an interesting discussion that would lead us to some interesting conclusions. But I think that one of the problems with genre classifications, and you, you guys know me, I always want to push back against genre classifications. Mm-hmm. I think they are anti-creative, right? They're they're marketing tools, as Math pointed out uh, last mm-hmm. time, you know, so that we can sell people. Oh, I like horror movies. So, so I'm going to go to this show that's marketed as a horror movie. But, you know, from another angle, it's a comedy movie or it's something else. Right. So um, there are many different kinds of fear. Right. And there's a difference between terror, which is the kind of feeling you feel when you feel like, you know, there's a, an, an immediate threat to you versus horror, which is more of a aesthetic reaction to stimulus that makes you think wonder if your understanding of reality is not what you thought it was, right? That's how it's usually described, or as opposed to fear or fright or terror, right? Yeah, Michael, since you bring up an interesting discussion on whether or not Hannibal Lecter is a monster, I'd like to go to Noel Carroll's uh, (laughs) article that we signed last week uh, on humor and horror. Yeah. uh, We should bring Noel on the show. I'm sure he would love to do that. Um, but he, you know, part of how he defines heart is the idea of the monster as like an archetypal character. Uh, and he says, quote, the most effective way of characterizing such monsters is to say that they are beings whose existence science denies. Jaws, which like we have talked about in this context is maybe being like a reality horror because like, you know, there are real shark attacks and it's not like Godzilla. Jaws is a monster, to quote Carol again, because it appears to possess self-consciousness. On Hannibal Lecter, it merely requires the recognition that the psycho killers one encounters in the relevant popular fictions are not really the sort countenanced by contemporary psychology. So like because these monsters, be they like animal or human, don't fit into what science and facts tells us, Carol argues, basically, they're actually a certain other kind of supernatural, even if they seem more realistic on first glance. I never I never saw I never saw the shark in Jaws as a monster, although I do consider Jaws a horror movie because it does have all the elements. Again, you're being stalked. You you know, you can't see the you can't see the antagonist. But, you know, I don't know, because it's maybe because the shark is not supernatural or, or, you know, a mythic monster. I never I never made that connection, which is interesting. Um, But it is, you know, it's a terror movie. I mean, and, I, you know, Jaws is a scary movie. You know, Friday the 13th is three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever. They're not scary movies. Uh, Saw movies, I can't even watch them. I'm not. They don't scare me. They 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 make me uneasy because I don't really care. I don't like mutilation. I want to be scared. Mm-hmm. you know, I, I like the suspense of 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 you know being hunted, like in Deliverance or Jaws, or you know, or, or even like I was just trying to think of movies that um that I consider horror movies that aren't typical horror movies, and you know, like I saw like. Um, whatever happened to Baby Jane, you know, where it's like, it makes you uneasy, you know, for the better part, most of um, Rosemary's Baby is a horror movie. At the end, you only see the, you know, you only really get to the supernatural thing at the end, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you feel, you feel this tension and, and uneasiness and, you know, like that, that, that you want that cold chill up your spine because you think somebody's following you. To me, that's horror. You know, the slasher stuff, I don't consider, I mean, Aliens is horror. Aliens movie is a horror movie. It's a horror movie in space, flat out. Mm-hmm. You know? 
Um, I agree with you. I agree with your your central point there, Ted. I think that that's I think there, you know, to distinguish between those different types of experiences. Right. The the first Hannibal movie, uh, I think it was just called Silence of the Lambs. Right. Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The first one that anybody saw. Manhunter is. A, remember. Yeah. Yeah. The first one that anybody saw. Silence of the Lambs. The, the moment that you find out that Buffalo Bill, the serial killer, is killing women in order to make himself a flesh suit so that he can turn into a woman. Right. Yeah. That, sorry. Spoilers. Uh, <laughs> um, that that is horrific. Right. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's not terrifying. Because it's not happening to me, right? It's not a jump scare like like Ted is saying. It's not like a slasher thing. It's it's horrifying. It's like, oh my god, I don't know what the universe is. I'm shocked. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm astonished. And so to me, it's like that's even though there aren't any quote unquote monsters in that movie, you know, it's still quite horrifying. Right, and that is not so like you know, like as earlier, it borders on reality. Right. That. You know, it, it did happen at Dean. You know, it happened. You know that there are people out there that are going to, that could possibly do that and probably are doing that. Right. You know? So, yeah, it blends it into a little bit more of a, of a, of a, that grounds it in a little bit more reality. You're well, right. and, you know, I, yeah. I mean, yeah, in real life, we had, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer grew up, you know, an hour and a half from where I'm sitting. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I just shot a, a Netflix show in January, a quarter of a mile up from the Buffalo Bills house. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so, like, you know, that, so, so just the reality of that, like, you know, and, and you, you watch, I, if anybody's seen, this is a, a plug for a uh, graphic novel and a movie, the, the, yeah. the my friend Dahmer. My friend Dahmer. Um, by, I was actually going to ask you, is, is that a horror film? I, I love that film. I, uh, we saw the, yeah. the premiere, um, you and I, um, well, you know, the guy who wrote it. Yeah. John Backdorf is the, the artist and he came in, uh, Phantom helped sponsor the, the movie. Uh, the premiere of it here. And that was, and the movie was filmed. I mean, the, the, if you watch the movie, the scenes taking place in Dahmer's house, that's actually his house. Mm -hmm. Uh, They, they filmed all of that on specific location uh, as much as they possibly could of the places this actually happened. And yeah, and it's weird. I mean, for those who don't know, it's the story. John Backdorf was in high school with Jeffrey Dahmer. And my friend Dahmer is the story of him knowing him during this time and telling the anecdotes of, the friendship. Now, Dahmer was a weird dude that they all kind of made fun of and, and he was awkward and whatever, but he was still a part of their circle. And he tells that story of knowing this weird guy in high school, but he tells it after the fact. We all know what Jeffrey Dahmer became. And in the book, there was this really, to me, the, the chilling moments were when he was putting together you know, his friends driving down the road and sees Dahmer walking along the highway and he stops to give him a ride and Dahmer turns him down and, and he moves on. And at the time it's just like, okay, Jeff didn't want to ride. And if you look at the timeline, he was walking home from his first kill. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I find that really fucking chilling <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. because that's absolute reality. And you say, and this was taking place, um, they were a year older than me. So it was taking place, you know, during my junior year of high school, an hour and a half from where I grew up, uh, which was also at a time of satanic panic. I, I remember in the news mm-hmm. at that time, they had found some like animal sacrifices and that sort of thing in the woods in Ohio. Oh, yeah. And oh, my God, is this a satanic cult? And I can now put that timeline together and no, they they found some Adamer shit in the woods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I heard about then. Um, so, yeah, that. You making skin suits, killing people and eating them and putting them in your refrigerator. This shit happens uh, well, in real that, life. 
That, Wayne, is really interesting because what you just brought up was the notion that, I mean, we we're talking about, you know, can it be horror without a monster, without some sort of supernatural entity? And then what you were saying is that the fact that this is real, that it has real world reference mm-hmm. actually makes it more horrifying. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And if you see the film, my friend Dahmer, it mostly doesn't lean into any of the classic horror tropes. There's not a, it's not gory. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's yeah, and it's, it's, it's really good. Everyone should watch it. Um, yeah. but it, and, and but read, it is a um, graphic novel. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, but it is, it is very much a, it is very much a psychological, this works because we're looking at the development of this broken man who was one of the most notorious serial killers that the United States has ever produced. Yeah. And, and seeing how that, yes, seeing that, you know, okay, birth of a monster, is that going too far to say that, you know, do we qualify Dahmer as a monster or just a broken human being? Well, um, we, I mean, we generally, I mean, in my work, I generally try to keep monsters to cultural uh, mm-hmm. manifestations, right? So if it, if there actually yeah. were a werewolf walking across campus looking for uh, a bite to eat, I'm like, that's not my problem. Right. <laughs> I teach a class on monsters, but if one actually shows up, that's biology's problem. Right. I'm I'm interested in the way that monsters appear in cultural products. Right. Mm-hmm. So the fact mm-hmm. that Jeffrey Dahmer was a real person or, that, yeah. you know, uh, or Charlie Manson. Right. When we when we turn them into characters in a in a movie or as or a graphic novel, then they can become monsters. Right. But mm-hmm. they're not on their own. They're they're actually humans yeah. born of human parents, which, as you guys point out, is even worse. Well, and, and I think we, 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 we use that term monster in those cases in an effort to distance them from humanity because we don't want right. to associate that with humanity. Exactly. And, you know, and, you know, and Dahmer takes it up a level, too. It's like, you know, there's serial killers. Not all serial killers eat their prey. You know, it's like, yeah. so you, you've, you've mega-sized your monsterism, you know? It's like, okay, you're bad enough as you are now, but now you're going to do this, so now you're really, like, you know, that's like, mm. it just, it just up the level, you know? It's like, okay. And the book and the movie both, I think, successfully humanize him as well, and not in a positive way. It's not an excuse for him at all. It just, it, like, we all knew this kid in high school, you know? Every high school has that awkward, weird loner that everybody makes fun of, and sometimes a group of people kind of adopt them as a sidekick, but you know, most of them don't go on to, to what Dahmer did. But there is that yeah. humanizing effort of, oh, we all knew this kid, you know? I think this, I was that kid, actually. Well, eh. <laughs> You're, you're more well. I, I know. I just worry about using the term "monster" to describe real people because that's also a term uh, that people use to, dra- to, you know, dehumanize people a lot when they disagree with them. Um, or, you know, it, it also I think maybe sometimes you know gets collapsed into you know. I totally agree with you, Hannah. I think I think I mean this is a big part of my own research, right? Where when we when we call someone a monster then it means they're not human and we don't have to deal with the humanity of what they've done right mm-hmm. when i mm-hmm. look at when i look at someone like jeffrey dahmer what i have to recognize and this is probably the most horrifying thing is that he's a human being and he was capable of this i'm a human being and it means under some circumstances hopefully that i will never face I too could be capable of that. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and, and that, that using that term to dehumanize people and you, Mike, you and I've talked about this and you know, my, my work with, 
with Holocaust narratives and that sort of thing of you know the the dehumanization of of the Jews that took place under the Nazi regime and and prior to that as well the you know, anti-Semitism in general. But how many pieces of propaganda have we seen that portray Jewish people as essentially monsters? You know, oh, they have horns. They you know all this stuff, and it absolutely. is part of an ongoing propaganda to dehumanize those that we wish not to think of as human. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, back to the, and that all goes back to the topic, too, because, the, you know, these are the movies that we're supposed to be, you know, that we talk about that, that they're not typical horror movies in our eyes. And, you know, and that relates to this. It's like, well, these are not, you know, typical normal people. So that makes it scary. You know, that that and, and that's why, that, you know, the, the movies, you know, and TV, you know, it's like when you don't understand it's, it's easy to understand, uh, uh, you know, a class, you know, a, I mean, later on, a Freddy or a Michael Myers and the later stuff, you know, because they're, they're they've made them to be more bigger than they are and unkillable and all that stuff. But when it's an initial, uh, I think it's the right word I want to use, what, you know, when you don't, when you can't, you can't say that's a bad guy, that's a monster, that's the creature, you, 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 you know, it puts you off because you don't know. You know, and that's why, you know, that's why Norman Bates and Psycho was so successful. I mean, that's a horror movie. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a monster. He's a monster, but he's a human monster. You know, he could be, he, he's just, you, you don't know. You don't know up until the point where you know that it's him. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the suspense. That's where it's like, well, is this, a, you know, and there's a lot of movies that are like that, where that, that classic monster, ah, you know, yeah. and then <laughs> You spend the whole movie, you spend the next hour and a half avoiding the monster. Mm-hmm. No. I think one of the, the ongoing themes in the entire Walking Dead world, whether it's the comics or the TV series or whatever, is, yeah, there are zombies. There are flesh-eating zombies. Walkers are not zombies in that world. There are flesh-eating monsters out there, but they're really not the monsters in this world. I mean, once you know, beyond the initial survival of that scenario, the stuff they keep running into are characters like the governor and Negan and the whispers and these these people who are you, they they are the bigger threat to survival in this world. You, you at this point in the series, you know, after two or three years, if you're still alive, you know how to deal with zombies. You know, I've never seen one single episode yeah. of this show. <laughs> Me neither, uh, actually. Yeah, and I think, but, zombies, I think zombies are stupid. Yeah, I I am a fan of it uh, for. Uh, for various reasons, I, I because for me it's all about the characters. It's not about the zombies and the horror. It's the character arcs, but but that has definitely been um, the theme of that. Is it? You know, it's not the zombies that that is the horror in this world. It it is the other people, and in these cases, other people who are you know, simply trying to survive this world as well. A point that they make many many times over is. You know, we come into it through this one group, Rick's group, Rick Grimes, the main character. We come into it through Rick's group and we follow their journey. So we think of them as the heroes and they keep encountering other groups of people that we view as the bad guys. But the point is there that if we had started the narrative with that other group of people, Rick's group would be the bad guys because everybody's just doing what they're doing to survive. That's a good point. Yeah. Even I mean, I'm familiar. I have a lot of friends that work on the show. Mm hmm. Uh, so I'm familiar with it, but I think you're right. You know, all, and that's why they're doing that spinoff that was shooting in Richmond, you know, yeah. um, whatever it's called. Um, uh, you know, yeah. yeah. That's, this is it from another angle. So what you've grown accustomed to might not be the norm in this one, you know? So the, in the horrors of the month, you know, whatever that you so used to in the walking dead, you're not going to be, you might not be so used to in the new series or even fear of the walking dead. Mm-hmm. There's so many spinoffs of this series now. Fear of the Walking Dead, 
Life of the Walking Dead, Son of the Walking Dead, Walking Dead CSI, Walking Dead, The Great British Walking Dead Bake Off. You know, there's Stro- so many. Stro- Stro- strolling Dead, Lounging Dead. Lounging Dead. Yeah, I could tell you guys all off off uh, the interview. I can tell you some very interesting stories about those shows. <laughs> uh, you, you, would watch, you, you would watch The Great Walking Dead Bake Off, wouldn't you? No, oh, I totally I would. Oh, you would. The only, actually, the only, I think the only zombie movies I actually enjoy is the first Night of the Living Dead and Shaun of the Dead. Other than that, I don't care. Oh, Zombie Land. The Walking Dead and the, and Game of Thrones are both are similar in that they went on for too long and simultaneously not long enough, destroyed all <laughs> their good female character storylines, turned out to be nihilistic instead of actually semi-optimistic like their source material, and also like just annoyed me after like two seasons um so that i no more no more chances no more spinoffs i'm done uh, which don't sugarcoat it hannah tell us how you really feel i mean michael you were on for the game of thrones episode i was it, hasn't, it, it uh my opinion has only grown grown stronger yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh, is mine yeah. so is mine i'm and, so and, disappointed i'm still yeah. i'm still what is it it's like it's 2020 and and it's like it's a it's it's a that ending to that show was so bad. It's amazing. It didn't happen in 2020. <laughs> yes. You know what? You know what? That was actually a harbinger of things to come. That's what um, it was. <laughs> yep. We should have known. Um, but thank you. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't use the soundboard in a while. Thanks for that. <laughs> Oh, well, you know, whenever uh, Wayne pops into a confessional, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so where are we then? Um, um, I mean, well, what, what do you guys think? What, I mean, do you guys have any other movies that you that do you consider, you know, that are horror, but not typically horror? Like, I mean, I, I you know, I cited whatever happened to Baby Jane, mm-hmm. but, you know, which is great. I mean, it's mental. It's it's it's. It's got every element of a great horror movie. What would you, one we mentioned on our Cuties episode a, a month ago, uh, the Jodie Foster thing with uh, the, the little girl at the end of the lane. Same thing. Yeah. Like, you know, that, yeah, yeah. that definitely has that, that feel to it. Um, mm-hmm. Hush, Hush, Sweet Charlotte, you know, another Betty Davis movie where it's just like, it's a psychological thriller, but yet it's got a lot of, you know, it's got, it's gothic, southern, you know, it's got murder, you know, and, and again, it's like, maybe it's a stretch on this one, but it's still there. You know, I, I, like I said, I still, I cited Alien, you know, Alien, the first Alien movie is a horror movie. It's a horror movie in space, you know, the tagline mm-hmm. is, no one can hear you scream, you know, pretty much says, hey, you're going to scream, you're, this is a scary movie. Well, so for me, I mean, one of the questions, and I'm like what Michael said, I I use genre. I think I think of genre as a very, very loose. It's a marketing ploy, like like, yeah. like I said last week. Um, but but one of the things I'm thinking of is like um, as much as I, I don't particularly love horror movies, I like a lot of Hitchcock stuff that, you know, that becomes questionable. Right. Like So so as far as horror movies, I'd say the birds is absolutely a horror, horror movie and I love it. Right. Yeah, but, my, absolutely. It's a horror movie. Yeah, but my favorite Hitchcock movie is probably Notorious. And it it's a suspense thriller. It's like a spy. Like it's not a horror movie in the same way. It's 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 not even suspense in in the way that um that you would talk of um of I don't know of like Silence of the Lambs or something like that. The uh, Notorious is is a psychological thriller in Hitchcock's vein that uses a lot of 
the same elements. Rear window, same thing, right? Um, what else mm-hmm. is good? Um, the, the vertigo, more or less. I mean, I, w- I would say that Vertigo is bordering on horror in terms of, yeah. you know, psychological thriller, like Guy finds himself going mad in the same way that something like maybe mm-hmm. a gothic novel like Rebecca, a woman finds herself going mad because her husband's right. a dick, you know? Which, well, by the way, like, oh, for, go ahead. I was just going to say, by the way, if you're thinking about watching the ne- Netflix's new Rebecca, don't. It's real bad. The cast <laughs> tries their hardest, but they can't save poor writing, a very bad tone, and the worst directing I've seen in a long time. Well, see, but I was thinking, like, even like for pro- the prototypical horror, right? Um, Frankenstein, fr- the actual novel, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, right? Is it, I mean, it's not horror by any modern imagining of how we use that term, right? Like, that's the, like, like to read, I mean, I wouldn't think of, to read Frankenstein, you're not, you're not reading Frankenstein to be scared. You're reading Frankenstein to engage in the, you're reading Frankenstein because you were assigned Frankenstein. I'm sorry, that was a that was a, just a little joke. I like Frankenstein. I but do like too. It, but but you're reading it. To, I think you're. I don't think you're reading stopped. it to be scared. Like of like you're not you're not reading Frankenstein to be scared the way you're you're scared of Freddy Krueger or any of the other monsters that we that we say oh they're Genesis to Frankenstein. You're reading Frankenstein to witness the downfall of you know of man and psyche and what you know what does it mean to play god i'm gonna i'm gonna push back on you i disagree i i never disagree with you math because you know you're the head of the snake and i'm i'm scared of you oh lord but um (laughs) side side joke but um Uh, but I, I think I think Frankenstein, if you read it, if you really read it, you know, if you're really willing to go there, it's quite huh? scary. You know, it, okay. I think yeah. there are some really well, beautiful I moments mean, in there that are that genuinely yeah. scare me. Uh, Mary Shelley even was like, I, I like had these terrible visions and, and this is scary. And also like Frankenstein is being like stalked by the creature yeah. for like mm-hmm. a while and he's creeping up on like you know like his his victims and like there there is definitely like um you know a, a bit of a serial killer bit going on and and some framing yes. going on and like like they, they're like okay. i mean like they might appear differently um and and like you know uh, like those are the interesting this, parts well okay i mean maybe it's me yeah 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 maybe um, it's me. i mean like i mean i think actually we should acknowledge because we've uh had a rotating panel um, of people these past two episodes where we talk about like what scares us. And I think that like Mm -hmm. uh, horror and what we're afraid of is very subjective. For instance, some people keep pets as snakes. And the only time the Bake Off has ever frightened me, like truly frightened me, is when Rosie, the vet, (laughs) who is a delightful human, uh, has her pet pythons on film. And like there was a snake outside my house several months ago and I literally wouldn't go outside for a week. Um, that was okay (laughs) because there was a pandemic on, um, so I could be weird about it, but like, you know, like there was a giant snake skin in my yard and that like scared me that much. <laughs> Meanwhile, all of you are laughing at me. Like, you know, horror is no, like, no, 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 no. subjective. Subject, I wish you know that. You're laughing at me. It's <laughs> no, fine. I was thinking so about this film that I saw recently called Kingdom of the Spiders. I'd seen this in the 80s. I mean, you guys have got to know this film. It was one of William Shatner's worst offerings. Uh, he plays the, a, a doctor, a horse doctor in a, in a small town in Arizona or someplace and they're being attacked by spiders, not giant spiders, normal spiders. It's just a whole just bunch a lot, of, just a lot of them, just a lot of them, a whole bunch of ordinary tarantulas that 
wouldn't in normal circumstances harm a fly. And I'm sitting here going like, I hate spiders. I'm, I'm, I feel the way about spiders that you feel about snakes, Anna. And even this movie couldn't scare me. It was so stupid. You know, <laughs> like an Indiana Jones kind of snake pit moment. Yeah. Um, but you know, there yeah, was a film, there's a Bela Lugosi film in 1941. I saw this thinking that it was a monster movie, but it's not, it's called invisible ghost. Oh, the invisible ghost is great. Yeah. Right. And I thought that was really scary and horrific, even though there aren't any monsters in it. Yeah. Right? No, it's scary. It's it was it's yeah, it's a scary movie. Yeah. But it's all psychological. It's all psychological horror. It's not there's no terror. I would rather be scared than than um than frightened or startled. Not even that. I'd rather be scared than terrified. You know, like I don't want to see like I said earlier, I don't want to see a saw. I don't want to see I don't care about any. I don't like mutilation. I don't like the mutilation movies. I I, I don't find them scary. I find them yeah. disturbing. Yeah, I agree with you, Ted. And I find them, you know, I just don't find them that they bring anything. I'm like, I don't want to. I don't know. Maybe it's a pacifist. I me. Mean, I just don't want to see anybody hurt. But I I do like being scared. I like being on jump. I like oh, you know, I like that 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 moment when you lean too far back in your chair. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I want, and that's what I like about a you know a good horror movie or a, you know a non traditional horror movie is that you're going to surprise me. You know, even watching Deliverance, you know, I still like you know there there was an element where it still it it still kept me on edge, even though I've seen the movie multiple times. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, and I, I think like what scares us, like I mean, like because I varies because like I sat like I can sit through like Sweeney Todd Stoneface as like you know people like bleed out buckets of blood or uh, <laughs> any of the slasher movies, but I, as soon as Rosemary ate the obviously drugged dessert in Rosemary's Baby. Had to turn yeah. it off. Like I cannot finish it. Like because that is you know just so upsetting to me. Because I I I know what's going to happen. Like it, it's like Handmaid's Tale. I can't watch the Handmaid's Tale because it or it is frightening and disturbing and it feels extremely real. Um, in certain ways, uh, even though it's not. Um, yeah, my oldest daughter. You know, she loves the first Halloween movie. You know, it, she loves The Exorcist. Like she loves them. They're her favorite. You know. Halloween movies all the time. She is not to this day. She's twenty four. She is to this day never sat through Rosemary's Baby all the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she can't. She, it's too much for her. She's like, I'm too freaked out. I'm too scared. I can't do it. It literally scares her. So I'm like, wow, the freaking exorcist doesn't scare you because it's scared the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's. I think that's different, right? Because there's a there's a it, not tangible, uh, right? Yes, there's 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 a suspension of disbelief that you're buying into an exorcist. You're buying into a um, uh, Chucky movies, like you know th- those things, right? right? Like for Friday right. the Thirteenth. There's a this is not real. It's scary because of the visceral reaction to scariness, as opposed to things that are scary because they're upsetting in a way that this could happen to me, and I am and uncomfortable with. Maybe you don't yeah. know. I mean, until the very end, like the very very last scene. You you don't know. You don't know if she's freaking crazy. You don't you don't know. It's like so mm-hmm. you're always guessing. Mm-hmm. That's what's keeping you on your toes, and that's what keeps you that's what keeps you off balance. What what really yeah. frightened me about Rosemary's baby um was that she felt uncomfortable enough with her husband that she hid the rest of the dessert in her napkin and we already seemed afraid of him. Uh and mm-hmm. I think that actually like we've talked about love and the and horror before, uh like last year um uh, for Valentine's Day with Michael. Um but that was you know, so I, sweet. Yeah, it was but, you know, I think that's one reason why like 
like stories we count as romance like even though maybe we shouldn't like Wuthering Heights and Jane Eyre like seem like like, like they work with the gothic elements in those stories so well because like uh, love in the 19th century and marriage was kind of horrific if you were a woman who married a dick dude and like you know I think that like Rosemary's Baby proves that that's still true of the 20th century and you know there there are still movies uh, like Jennifer's Body that like examine like patriarchy and like women um, in a different way than Rosemary's Baby like and how that is still kind of a frightening concept mm-hmm. you know as you were talking and as Ted was talking I was thinking about my reaction to a movie like um, a movie that I really love like uh, the 2010 Wolfman starring uh, Anthony Hopkins and um, Benicio Del Toro and Emily Blunt. Do you guys know this movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mm-hmm. like that movie. Actually, I like that movie. It's a good, it's a good retake on, on, on the story. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I was thinking to myself, like, I love that movie and I love the werewolf scenes in it when he turns into a werewolf and goes crazy. But those are not the scenes that scare me. I find those scenes exciting yeah. and interesting and provocative and, and stimulating and creative juice blowing. But the scenes that scare me are the ones where he's in a mental hospital and being made to believe that his transformations into being a werewolf are just insanity, right? They're, they're just insanity. And you're not 100% sure whether he's actually turning into a werewolf or whether he just thinks he is. And like, those are the scarier moments for me. Those are the ones that I come away with going, oh, that's disturbing. Okay, so so using that, you just you prompted this this idea. Uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. Our, mm-hmm. our film. Because um, that, you know, that, those are scary mm. situations. Is it a horror um, film? Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. I, 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 might, I might be on the fence on that yeah, one. Yeah, and, and, and see, I'm just throwing it out there because when you said the, oh, the yeah. asylum, you know, they just it made me think oh. of that because it's that whole idea of being being, you know, you have this belief system that no one else can see, that no one else believes being essentially locked up for the world you believe in. Um, yeah. Well, so I, so it's a genre classification question. And, you know, yeah. even though like Michael and I have both said, you know, we don't necessarily buy into the idea of genres as a yeah. hard concept. And, 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 we, and for the know. record, neither do I. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, you can listen to but, our episode on genre. Yeah. On genre, yeah. but that said, we have a show to do today, so um, we're, we're going to do this exercise anyway. Um, and like, I don't, I, I mean, like, can you classify it? So the one that you, so because the, there's there's a couple I was wondering too. Um, and oddly enough, mine mine stemmed off of um off of what what uh, Michael was doing with with the uh, with the wolf as well. But like, so let's start with one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Can you classify it as horror? And I, I just probably not. Probably not. I just I, I thought of the the discomfort of that, that situation yeah. where these people have lost essentially all control. You know, they, they have no self. What's the word I'm looking for? You know, um, so let me say, like, you know, I'm disturbed by that. I also see mm-hmm. a profound social commentary there. So oh, absolutely. Right. So intellectually, I'm stimulated and um, and uh, there's some warnings there that I need to heed. Right. But I'm not horrified. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and, I, and I agree with that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so let me do mine then, because because I was thinking, and this is why I was like surprised the direction Wayne went, because you started off saying, you know, so this just occurred to me based on what you were saying. And I was like, oh, I wonder if he's going to pick the same one that I did. <laughs> um, and the one that came to mind while Michael was doing his description for me was The Gray with Liam Neeson. Mm. Yeah. Which which is a movie that like tanked. Um, people did yeah, not did. like people people did not like this movie. I love this movie, and and this was during this was during Liam Neeson's Taken Assance when he when he just his career yeah. takes off because he's in in Taken, which is a great movie. I, I wouldn't say a horror uh, movie, but great movie. 
And, you know, we started doing this string of Liam Neeson movies where Liam Neeson stars as a man with a particular set of skills and he goes and he saves somebody from, you know, some weird thing. Um, and then he does this movie, the I think it's like the year after Taken or maybe two years after Taken. And it looks from the trailers like this is going to be Liam Neeson, a man with a particular set of skills, fights a wolf. Maybe a supernatural wolf, maybe not. But yeah, you're right. Yep. That's, that's not what that movie's about at all. That is this movie is a psychological thriller about being stalked. Like in a in a lot of ways, it it owes it owes more to Deliverance than than Taken. Okay. Um, and it is uh, who's seen it besides me? I haven't. Okay, Michael, have you? I have not seen it. No. Okay, so the movie is he's a he's among a bunch of. A bunch of survivors. I think they. I think they're in a plane crash. Right, they're in like Alaska, and they're trying to reach, you know, civilization as they're being as they're running through the woods, and then the elements are taking them down, like just because they're, you know, they've got no, they've got no supplies or anything, and there's a there's some wolves tracking them, and it's just sort of, it's just, it's a survival story, if anything. And you're just afraid of the environment and the and nature. And and um, you don't even really get to see him fight the wolf like you see a very brief clip of it. But it's basically just the world will kill you because you are nothing but a human being who, you know, is not very durable, con, you know, compared to the mighty forces that is nature. And I found it horrifying and fascinating. And but it's not like it, it just it tanked because it wasn't what people thought it was going to be. So, mm. okay, how about this? Is Twister a horror film? Twister? Huh. Yeah. Huh. Or, or, or uh, <laughs> I didn't find I, mean, I actually found scary. I thought Sharknado was a, a scarier film and probably a better film than Twister. <laughs> oh, really? Well, yeah. uh, I, I really just on, this conversation. I, well, no, I actually I don't I want to just leave, leave kind of thing. I, yeah, I no, when when you say that, something I, I thought of when I prior to us recording, I was thinking about movies that may or may not qualify that sense of unease. And I thought of that whole group of disaster films that were popular in in the mm-hmm. 70s. It's like Poseidon Adventure. You well, know, you're see, both. You, and, and there's there's that element of escape and survival and we're fighting forces of nature here and there's a tremendous amount of suspense so over who will survive but right but, but see Poseidon Adventure I am 100% on board with as a horror movie in a way that like I'm not sure I count the modern equivalent um day after tomorrow 20 uh, 2012 um all the independence yeah, game movies yeah, but like Poseidon Adventure and maybe it's just budget right Poseidon Adventure horror movie um, Towering Inferno, absolutely horror movie, right? Um, to me at least. And so, so then I want to go to Hannah's Twister because, um, I mean, for all intents and purposes, it feels like, I mean, the monster. It it, it feels very much like a you know tracking a monster kind of movie. It's just that the monster is a tornado. It's something that can happen in real life. And I mean, it has all the. Uh, I don't find it scary, but it has all the elements that we would normally, yeah. you know, substitute. Substitute that tornado for a Godzilla. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think that you know, you you do you are given the impression that it's not just several twisters, but just one twister that keeps coming back to get them, and that it's yeah. there's something personal <laughs> involved with it. You know, and or Jaws. Uh, it, it it really does. It feels like it, except for it's not scary. Jaws is a I, horror film. I think there's no question no, about that. Yeah, Whether yeah, Jaws is a, a monster, yeah. it's like 
Michael Michael Crichton co-wrote uh, Twister, and um, Michael Crichton is a sci-fi author, most famously probably for Jurassic Park, uh, perhaps Westworld now. Uh, and like, I feel that Jura- like Jurassic Park, I guess perhaps wouldn't fit in like our real category of the day, but it like the movie especially feel has elements of horror to it, like the jump the scares, and the, yeah, and the and like you know the Velociraptor and just like the beats that they hit in order to produce like kind of the scares and the chasing. And I mean, I love Jurassic Park, and it also has the mm-hmm. social commentary because like mm-hmm. it does like try and provide a valence of reality because Crichton at the time like did research into like what science said to reasonably produce dinosaurs maybe if it could possibly happen and and every you know couple of years someone's like here we're getting closer to jurassic park based on these discoveries anyway my point is is that Crichton has played with elements of the horror genre Mm -hmm. um i think if you count i mean i like jaws better than i like jurassic park i like jurassic park a lot but i think if you count jaws as a horror movie i think jurassic park is absolutely a horror movie I, I would agree with in, that. I think yeah. conceptually, the dinosaurs—the you know. dinosaurs are not natural creatures, right? They're monsters. They're right. they're products of science fiction. That it actually makes yes. it a Frankenstein story. And I, actually, yeah, I was about to say that um, because in the novel, which everybody should read, because it's actually much better at bringing home the themes of unfettered capitalism and the need for the humanities to balance out the sciences that the film cuts because they want to make John Hammond a Walt Disney World figure in the sense and that Walt again, Disney World would be like would like him to be portrayed as a figure uh which and by once the way, again you, vote tomorrow <laughs> sure. yeah, don't forget to vote uh, vote tomorrow to stop that yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah uh but like you know like um walt disney was an asshole and john hammond in the book is an asshole and there's a scene between him and i believe it's dr Wu, um maybe more scientists because the cast is much more expanded in the book um and john hammond's like i want the dinosaurs to be real that's why you have to like make sure that like we don't modify them and the scientist is like well like john like they're not real like we're doing the best we can we've had to like plug in things like they aren't in natural existence this is like this is really like a you know a frankenstein kind of thing and john just doesn't get it no, I think I think that I think you're I agree with you 100 percent, Hannah. The book uh, Jurassic Park is much more Frankensteinian, obviously Frankensteinian, or it refers to the Frankenstein novel. But I'm going to argue that the movie refers back to the 1931 James Whale Frankenstein movie. And there are several things. There's a there's a, a castle. Right. There's a lab. There's a storm. And there's a scene where the the uh, monster and the creator are looking at each other through machinery. And that also shows up in Blade Runner. Uh, which also has a lab and a storm and a castle, you know? So I think that, that these are, um, there are tropes in the films that, that, that indicate that, uh, uh, genealogy, if you will. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So anyway, everyone should rewatch and reread Jurassic Park is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so totally. if we accept Jurassic Park, that takes us back to your original one though. Is, um, is Twister a horror movie? Like I'm, and I'm coming around. I am, and it, it feels wrong to say, to say yes. It doesn't feel like it is one. You know, and I don't know why I'm willing to accept Jurassic Park and not that. No, in my mind, I think Twister's a stretch on that. But, you know, that's also um, open to interpretation. You know, what scares you doesn't scare me. You know, I mean, that's it. Like, this might be a complete horror movie to you, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just how you were perceiving it. But lots of horror movies aren't actually scary, right? Like, you know, again, we talked last week, uh, a show that Ted hasn't heard yet because of, you know, time travel recording. But, like, um, but everything trauma made is a horror movie. Not everything, but they made a lot of horror movies that aren't actually scary, right? They're just ridiculous. So, but I think they qualify, right? 
Well, was it yeah. was it trying to be horror is one thing, you know, I mean, the trauma films try to be horror and right. fail miserably and, and their failure is part of what is attractive about them. Right. Yes. I yes. have yes. tried to work for trauma. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think Twister, I would go so far as to say that Twister's a monster movie, because I think that the, the Twisters behave in ways that real Twisters don't behave in that. But I agree with with yeah. uh, with Ted and as far as that, if a movie doesn't scare me at all then it's hard for me to think of it as a horror film, right? The, some of these films, like The Invisible Ghost, has no monsters in it whatsoever, and that scares me. It, that really scares me. Whereas, on the other hand, like the uh, the Lovecraft Country, where the um, the Topsy ghosts come after Diana. Do you guys see this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't seen this yet. I, it's okay, on the, the list. The Topsy ghosts are the scariest thing that I have fucking seen in 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 the in the they're, cinema for years. Yeah, they're 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 def they did a great job. They're yeah. they're definitely uh, way up there. Yeah, that was that was a scary series. Yeah, it's a great series too. Horrific, <laughs> horrific. I would say horrific. I, I want to before I, before I lose it, I want to b- build on something you just said, Michael, and ask a question. Then, if it's hard to consider something horror if it doesn't scare you at all, uh, I'm going to go in the complete opposite direction. Uh, movies that I find not only not scary, I find them almost offensively boring. Are things that I think most people consider horror, the entire Saw franchise. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, the Shining, the I Shining, no the Shining. In... Sorry. Oh, no, come on. Go back to your point. Oh, and another old argument rears its ugly head. No, <laughs> yeah. your point. But no, I think it's true. No, but like, so I, I, find, I find the Saw movies, I, I have friends who are very into them. I, I know people mm-hmm. who love the Saw movies. Um, I find them, I, and I get that like, there's a lot of gore. Um, I get that there is, I guess, some scientific exercise and how you can, how exactly can you build a Rube Goldberg machine to pry somebody's chest open? Fine. But I find them so thoroughly uninteresting, not scary mm-hmm. because yeah, like well, it's just wall to wall jump scare. So there's no jump scare at yeah, all. And yeah, like it. it's thoroughly uninteresting. Yeah. To me. Well, it, Ted, our, our mutual friend, Bruce, who just loves all of that just kind of gross out horror kind of stuff. You know, there's, he starts listing his favorite movies and it's all stuff I have no real inherent interest in. And a lot of it is, it's just that kind of, I see it as extreme violence for the sake of extreme violence. And that's it. That, that, that is, that is extreme violence to, to, for, for nothing more than to be gratuitously violent. Yeah. It has nothing to do with scaring you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah that, that's how I feel. Yeah. I agree. I think that these films, uh, you're right, Matt, that they want to be horror films, but they're not. They're just fright films. They're just, they're just spooky or, you know, not spooky, but jump scares is, is not horror. Horror is a psychological and aesthetic condition, right? It's not just, mm-hmm. ah, oh no, ah, a spider, right? It's so does it is- depend though to our earlier question? Like, is it, I mean, I said, I, I don't, I don't find the book Frankenstein scary in the least. And I love the book, but I understand, I understand your point of view on it. So is this a thing where for the people who, who are honestly terrified and feel unease with, I mean, maybe, maybe we just don't get saw, right? Like, I think I, I'm disparaging no, I think, it because I don't like it, but they, I mean, well, they, 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 they make me feel uneasy. Certainly. I mean, that's part of what I don't like about them. But I was it, so bored. I was mean, I mean, just, I, like, I honestly was bored. Honestly, people, people want, oh, stop it. Be, <laughs> I mean, obviously people want that kind of experience. They want to have the jump scare experience. That's why 
these movies mm-hmm. are popular. I just think that it's not horror because it's it doesn't there's no work in it in, at all. It's just bleh, you know, it's not. Yeah, that's all it is. You know, that's just what it is. But there's you know there's movies that like make me jump. I don't really consider horror movies, but there's horrific elements in them. You know, but I still don't consider them a horror movie. I mean, give me an example. Freaking chitty chitty bang bang. <laughs> <laughs> Great you know, that child, that child catcher scared, scarred me for life. <laughs> the, movie, the movie's not scary. I, uh, yeah, I, I found the Bumble and Rudolph to be really frightening when I was four. I, oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, he's definitely. so cute. Yeah, uh, he, he still weirds me out a little. Uh, but <laughs> I don't know if any of you know this, oh, but uh, we're we're back at Dinosaur Story. I still like can't bring myself to rewatch it because it frightened me as a child. Um, yeah. And I know I'm not like alone in this because I mentioned it to Josh thinking he'd make fun of me. And he was like, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> and it is, but I mean, like a lot of, I mean like that, maybe we should just do an episode on like kids shows that like are extremely messed up. Um, oh my God. Uh, <laughs> because, oh God, you know, that's a great idea. Puffin stuff. That would be a great yep. idea. That, that show's going to happen. Coming soon. Yep. It's like, yep. let us know in the comments on this episode. So just get started before we even make the call to comments. What are some terrifying oh, yeah. kid shows? <laughs> I don't want to be on that show. It's a great topic. But anyway, keep going. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, like, I mean, like, you know, I, I, I don't remember where I was going. I mean, like, like, you know, we all like, I think maybe have some like deep visceral reactions to like creepy things that aren't meant to be creepy, or like they inc- are like you know something maybe the like, Twister uh, has some horror elements in it because the people writing and filming it understand the genre, uh, but it might not be actually scary. So I wonder, like. You know, like it, they might not be it, as much as we can like categorize things into genre and as useful as that is. Like, I wonder if at a certain point, uh, what you know, like how much borrowing you can do without you actually officially joining a horror movie. You know what well, I mean? Um, and that, that's, I mean, one of the problems with with genre as a concept is it can very easily lead to cliche. You can you can follow you can follow all the steps of the hero's journey and tell a really dumb story. You know, like, and that's sure, sure. the same with the tropes of horror. You can hit all the beats. You can, you know, you can follow that, that, that pattern, that formula and, you know, formulaic. It just, it, it doesn't always work, but those Manos formulas the are there because fate. they have. What's that? Manos, the hands of fate. It's a, it ought to be a perfect horror film. It's done. It's, it's right out of the it textbook. It is a perfect horror, horror, film. horror film. Yeah. It's perfect. <laughs> it's just, it's just so bad. bad. It's bad. It's, it's so really bad. bad. Yeah. <laughs> Look at a movie like The Wizard of Oz. I mean, that's a freaking horror movie. It starts, <laughs> yeah. off, all nice and sweet. It starts off all nice and sweet and wholesome. You know, now you're being stalked. You know, you're constantly being stalked. I mean, yeah, I did it start off wholesome? Does it? What's that? Does it start off wholesome? Uh, no, she Dorothy, starts off. Dorothy, I mean, she starts off as ho- right, but she's she as wholesome him. as Jamie Lee Curtis is in, in Halloween. I mean, yeah, she's. I, I mean, she, I mean, said that Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis never killed anybody. It's just like, you know, she's got a, you know, I mean, granted, the farm life's not that great, but, you know, she's loved and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's wholesome ass. Let me put it. Okay, let me yeah. rephrase it. Yeah, I'm just she, being, she, I'm she, being she's, a pain. She's, yeah, she's bored with her surroundings, but it's yeah. not. Right. Oh, no, I'm, I'm referring to the fact yeah. that she, like, literally kills someone, like, 10 minutes in. Well, she yeah, does. that was an accident. She just happened to be in the house. And, and her neighbor <laughs> is a creep who looks like the witch who's after her dog. Like, she wants to kill her dog, guys. Yes. And yet, yeah, that's yeah, also yeah, a reflection of herself. You know, I mean, Glinda yeah. asks her this first question that Glinda says to her is, are you a good witch or a bad witch? And she doesn't understand oh the question. She says, I'm not a is, witch at all, which is wrong. She's totally a witch and a killer of witches. Is Dorothy Cinema's first like, final girl? 
Uh, <laughs> is Dorothy uh, Cinema's first final girl? I just never thought about it before just now. I, mm. I really just like derailed this conversation. I'm so sorry. Ted. <laughs> no, I, I think on this, this is fascinating. On, on, on this show, derailed what? <laughs> there are no rails on this show. <laughs> oh, that might explain a lot. Yeah, that would explain a lot. Are there any other ones? Are there any other are there any other weird, you know, is this horror, you know, I mean the the, the very exercise that we were, that we were doing that, you know, Wayne started the show on things that, you know, how do you count this as horror? Because I, I, well, that's the problem I, with I genre. Absolutely count deliverance. Hmm? I mean, I mean that's the problem with genre. Yeah. I mean, that's the yeah, problem well, with sure. genre is that we keep getting back. We keep getting trapped in this notion that we're trying to define a genre when actually it's really personal, you know, as, as, yeah, as sure. Ted was pointing out, you know, I saw the howling when I was like 14, which was probably too young to see it. It really scared me. And now I watch it and I'm still really fucking scared by the howling, even though if I saw it for the first time today, I'd be like, wow, what a cool movie, you know? Yeah. I, it, well, and that's thing. A lot of stuff, yeah, that stuff gets it. injected. Yeah, it gets injected into us when we're really little. It's funny. I would never, until this moment, thought to to qualify uh, Wizard of Oz as a horror film, but it scared the bejesus out of me when I was five. Yeah, yeah. I, monkeys. You know, I mean, it, tur- it turns real dark. It yeah. does. You know, and they and I mean, the guy says, "Go kill my political enemy." Right? I mean, it's it's it's, it's nasty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, and then I they go to the haunted like a, forest and, and then they yeah. burn the scarecrow, right? And he's like, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. And I'm like, ah! ah. Oh, yeah. There's, there's, there's a ton of like, and they, they burn them. They tear them apart. There's a, there's a lot of body yeah, horror first, in that movie. First they took my left leg and they threw it over there. Then they took my right leg and they yeah. threw it over there. Well, that's you all over. Oh, I'm telling God. you, kids films, you movie. know? Wayne. What was that? Kiss films, you know, like they're 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 messed up. Like all of it's messed up. Like don't pretend like you're shielding kids from stuff. Yeah, no. it's all just there. Let, just let them watch porn. They'll be better off. Okay, that well, is not. French. I want to go on the record and say that is not my argument. That, 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 is, an, that is an argument from Hannah Rogers PhD. <laughs> And no, okay. we'll be editing this episode. So, <laughs> oh, Jesus, oh, oh my god, um, that's scary. And so we've resolved nothing. We've resolved, <laughs> we've resolved that we should get a nicer editor. I think. I think it's interesting that that you know we keep we keep coming back to this point, or at least I do, about genre and how genre is no good, and then then we immediately ask ourselves, so what is horror really? You know, you're right, you're right, yeah. Yeah, I find myself getting trapped in that. Uh, that well, so, well, well, Michael, I have read some Plato today, so I was feeling very philosophical. Um, no, but like you know, like like uh, Spetson Todorov, who's like super into like genre. Yeah. Um, like basically, he was like, "Okay, here are the rules of detective fiction. It has to fit in like these categories. Here are the rules of like the suspense story. It needs to fit in these categories." And then he says mm-hmm. that like. Basically, and I'm sorry, uh, Todorov, um, who I share a birthday with, if I, if I misquote you. But um, he's basically like, well, whenever it deviates from the genre, that's when art forms and like new things appear. So like, yeah, part of following genre argument. is following the weird rules, which like, I, I'm not saying I agree with him, yeah. um, though we share a birthday. Um, a weird <laughs> thing to know. Um, but I, I do think that like, that's part of the reason, like that kind of thinking is part of the reason why we keep going back and forth because we've been taught like, here are these rules and this is what makes this, this and that, that. But then like something new appears and we don't know how to categorize it. And See, I don't have the problem with genre. I mean, I'm not casting blame on you guys, but 
Like now we, we have a problem. We have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't, but I don't look at anything in a genre. I just look at, I, I literally look at things as movies. Yeah. Sure. It, well, is this, is this a good story? And it really is a good or a bad movie. Did mm. this entertain me? That it was a good movie. Did this not entertain me? That was a bad movie. It wasn't, I don't care if it's, you know, Spielberg's Catch Me If You Can or freaking Deadpool. I don't care as long as it's a good or a movie. Mm, I don't sure. go, oh, yeah. it would have been great yeah. if it wasn't a superhero movie. I don't, I don't look at it as a superhero movie. I look at it as mm. a Yeah, but I think that let's say sometimes the reason why a movie is good or bad is because of things like, is its tone consistent throughout or is it a gigantic mess? I'm still talking about Rebecca for the record. Um, <laughs> and, and so like it like sometimes like movies, movies can definitely cross genre boundaries. Like we've talked about many of them these past two episodes and they can be totally well done. And they're just good movies and that's that. But also if, if a movie just is poorly written and you don't have a correct tone and one minute it's trying to be a great swooping romance and then like suddenly without any setup, there's someone going mad in a mirrored room for some reason. Uh, and then there's like, you know, and then there's a scene of someone having a breakdown as they drink and smoke because those are bad things to signal <laughs> bad women. Uh, but like simultaneously, there's like a, you know, a, a very saccharine speech about like the power of love. It's like, what? And, and then a Why twister shows up. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, there was no twister to end my misery. It's a twister, a twister. That's right. There's a twister like... in Wizard of Oz too. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh, yeah. How did how how did how did I not have the foresight to load um to load you know it's a twister a twister up on my soundboard on the horror episode? Obviously, I should have known that was coming up. <laughs> I want to go back to Hannah's point. I want to go back to Hannah's point. If yeah. we still have a few minutes, um, yes, absolutely. So I think I think that's a very interesting point, Hannah. That 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 the genres set up these conventions by which we understand things, right? And so we go into a movie with certain expectations. If if it's yeah. been billed as a horror movie, then we go into it with certain expectations. And part of what what determines whether we think it's a good movie or not is how well it fulfills those expectations, right? But mm-hmm. if it can challenge those expectations in a new way that's exciting and or or interesting or entertaining, as Ted you know points out, if it's like if it if it busts those boundaries in a way that makes me rethink the boundaries, then that's a really good movie, right? That's a that's a movie for the ages, right? Yeah, and there's well, there's a, I, I just what? worked on a series in Richmond last summer in, in fall, and it's on Showtime right now called The Good Lord Bird, based on a James McBride novel about John Brown, the abolitionist. Oh. Now we're talking about abolitionist slavery, um, you know, 1850s pre Civil War, basically the spark to hit the Civil War. You're talking about atrocities, of, you know, mankind has brought on people. And it's a freaking funny movie. It, it's really funny, yeah. You know what I mean? You're, you're walking into it, and if you go in and go, okay, well, this is a borderline Western about slavery, the pre-Civil War. It's going to be gritty. It's going to be blah, blah, blah. And, and you, you're like, okay, that's what it's going to be. And then all of a sudden you start watching it going, why am I laughing at this? Ethan, Ethan Hawke is so over the top. He's wonderful. You know, and I like that. I like that surprise yeah. when it when it doesn't adhere to again the genre. It's like okay, there's no real set rules to say it can't be funny and and serious. Yeah, you know, um, and it happens a lot. I do like you know, I don't like it when they're overtly like you know, you got to like a movie like Zombieland where it's trying to be both. I mean, it's very obvious. Shaun of the Dead. They're trying to be both. They're trying to do mm-hmm. comedy and, and 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 horror, and it works. It works for them. But I like it when it's not expected. You know, I like it when mm-hmm. it's like like hey, we don't know what we are. Just come mm-hmm. and watch our yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that maybe like the biggest like surprise of like this kind of flip is the end of Get Out. 
um, like, you know, people like really loved the ending because mm-hmm. it flipped what our expectations yeah. on its head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like it did it like the reason why it's successful in a flip is because the movie understands the expectations and understands how to play with them as opposed right. to like, like you, I think that like you have to understand like certain expectations when you're creating art, I say, as someone who hasn't published and then that is creative in a while. Um, but you know, I think like, you know, the way things like work, you have to understand certain expectations and like genres before you can flip them. Mm. Otherwise you're just making a mess. Rebecca filmmakers. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, you shouldn't uh, let me watch I, TV before. Well, I, I, I mean, before. and this might be us, us essentially booking another episode because I actually do like when, when you guys were talking and Michael, you even said, you know, like you get the art when you, when you deviate from the genre in interesting ways. And I think a big part of that has to do with you know balancing the audience expectations against your deviation and what you're trying to say as to you know and it's guesswork right whether it's going to be successful or not because the one that i was i mean i mentioned the gray which is completely mismarketed right as as this as this it's a horror movie it's a psychological horror movie that made itself look like it was going to be an action flick and um the one that i can think of that is the exact opposite is Darren Aronofsky's mother from a couple of years ago, which is which was like marketed entirely as hi, we're going to show you this deep psychological horror um, for, you know, starring uh, um, um, Jennifer um, Lawrence. Lawrence. And, yeah. And and then it's just this weird it's a weird movie that is Darren Aronofsky's um view on religion and god <laughs> and nobody got it and it tank everybody hated it because no one knew what they were getting when they were going in there it's actually a really interesting movie but it was marketed to the entirely entirely the wrong audience it is a horror movie it uses all the horror conventions but this is not the movie anybody signed up for and i think maybe that's an episode in and of itself talking about the ways in which we play with genre and market to people. Um, but I think that would think be really interesting. But I think that's another conversation. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I would like to thank our guests for joining <laughs> us. Um, well, thank you for having me. Yeah, Ted, this is your, your first time. Uh, where can people find you if they want to learn more or see what you're going to be in or anything like that? I mean, Instagram, Twitter. You know, well, Twitter's more political. Don't go to Twitter unless you want to be offended. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I, I think you guys won't, but you know. Uh, uh, we'll, link, people, we'll link you in the show right Yeah, but usually, I don't know. Um, I'm not really good at self promotion. <laughs> hey, I was in this. Go check it out. I just, I, you know, I for, sometimes I forget what I'm in. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll link your IMDb listing yeah. as well. There you go. Yeah, I mean, I was filming last year and my I just saw an episode, I just saw you on how was that? The blacklist. I go, oh yeah, I forgot I did okay, the blacklist. Okay, Ted, Ted <laughs> real quickly, here's my favorite anecdote of just spotting you at random is an episode of Mindhunter. Oh, I sat uh, at the bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just it's a scene and Ted sitting at a bar in Pittsburgh. He's like, that's Ted. I've seen him sitting at that bar. Hey, I was shooting outsiders at the time and they're like, we need some guys that look like, you know, a new long hair guy, blah, 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 sitting in a bar. And I'm like, I'm not doing anything tomorrow. Sure, I'll get back. I'll do background on mine. Why not? <laughs> but just to crack me up, it's like, yes, I've seen you at many bars in Pittsburgh. <laughs> this is a very natural thing for me to do. I'm just sitting in a bar. <laughs> uh, what about you, Michael? Are you sitting in any bars? Uh, no, I don't sit in bars anymore. Uh, I had to give it up. Um, 
You can follow me on Twitter at NotoriousPhD, but if you do, you'll find it a singularly unrewarding experience because I almost <laughs> never text there. Uh, I am the director of an enterprise called the Center for Monster Studies at the University of California at Santa Cruz, and we don't have a website yet. We're brand new, but as soon as we do, I'll list it in the show notes. <laughs> Probably on a future episode. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I hope, I hope you still invite me back again. No, you'll just be here. We'll be talking about we'll, we'll, we'll be talking about romantic comedies or something, and all of a sudden you'll just start talking. It's like how the hell? How long has he been here? You know that that, that is how that, that's how it works with Michael. I never leave. I can't find that screen door I wandered in. Where is this place? <laughs> Oh, film. Uh, well um you can find me here assuming that this is not the last time we ever record because the world's employed and um i guess you can follow me on twitter at hanley rogers but that's you know an experience that is empty what oh, i don't God. tweet anymore i don't like social media i don't like going on there it's a waste of time it's very and bad it makes me anxious yes it is it's not Please retweet episodes of the show. Do not listen to them. Tweeting is very important. Social media, forward the show. Make sure everybody loves us. Anyway, Wayne, tell us how you don't use social media. Uh, here, yeah, here mostly these days. So. <laughs> I hate if you I, all. If I ever write another blog or something, I'll let you know. Matt, Matt is like singularly promoting our show on social media because the rest of us just can't. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, go vote tomorrow. Make the world yeah, better. <laughs> and once you vote or before you vote, vote and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It's very important. Uh, vote for but, us. Yeah, vote for us. Give us a, leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. Write a little review. That helps people find the show. Makes us, uh, makes us more popular. You know, it gives us something to do. It gives me something to live for. Especially, especially oh if things don't go our way tomorrow. I'm going to really need, you know, uplifting messages about how wonderful this little enterprise is. So leave us a five-star review on iTunes or subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever the hell else you listen to podcasts from. Oh, and YouTube. I forgot to mention YouTube last week. We're going to be all right. Yeah. Tomorrow. I'm an optimist. <laughs> so um, subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is um, actually doing better lately, but you know, we still need more subscribers in order to help us reach platforms to unlock features because YouTube is fucking weird and I don't understand it, but whatever. Um, you can follow me personally on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, all the places at Chris Maverick. You can follow the show at Vox Popcast, all of the places on all the social medias as well. I would like to thank Maximilian of Thoughtform Music for our epic theme song, building ever so more epically and playing us out. I'd like to thank you and hope for listening. Uh, I'd like to thank you at home for listening and we'll see you next time (laughs) thanks for having us bye bye it rubs the lotion on its skin it does this whenever it's told mister my family will pay cash whatever ransom you're asking for they'll pay it It rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. Yes, you will, precious. You will get the hose.